Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a stroll through the enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens, adorned with lighted trees and displays on our half-mile paved trail with 500,000 sparkling lights at Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights in Vienna, Virginia. Get to Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at winterwalkoflights.com. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Listen, we want to take this opportunity to welcome all of our VIPs. That's what we call our first-time guests at Harvest here at the Aurora campus, as well as our internet campus and Roku sites. At Harvest, we exist to change lives by leading people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. So we're glad that you're here today. Would you welcome all of our VIPs today, Harvest? Throughout today's worship experience, you can tweet me at Bishop Foreman or at Harvest underscore CC, and we'll retweet your tweet. Are y'all ready to get into the Word of God today? Thank y'all. Awesome job today, and uh, we're excited about it. Everyone is standing at this time. We are in a series of teachings on the weekend called Epic. Everybody say Epic. And we've been talking about how to uh, take small things that will make a big difference. Say small things, big difference. Big doors swing on small hinges, and so if your hinges are off, it doesn't really matter how grand your door is. And so in this series, the goal has been to deal with the hinges that we sometimes ignore because we're working on the door. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. Everybody stand and lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. Let's say it. This is my Bible. It is the living Word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the Word. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message I'm about to receive. Remain standing, if you would. Go to Colossians chapter 2. And this is a general rule, Harvest. When I mount the pulpit to preach, that's your cue to stand. Amen? Colossians chapter 2, verse number 7. When you have it, say, I got it, Bishop. If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. If you're not quite sure where Colossians is, that's cool. We got it on the screens. That's all right. You don't have to flip to Nahum and pretend like you're in Colossians. That's all right. Y'all remember how you used to do that? You didn't know what a book of the Bible was? Don't look at me like that. And you just flip somewhere and just act like that was it. And then you close the Bible and put your little finger in it and do this so that you act real deep like, this is a deep verse. Because you didn't want your neighbor to see you had the wrong verse. I was the only one that ever did that? Okay. Colossians chapter 2, verse number 7 says, rooted and built up in him. Say, I am rooted in him. I am built, say, I am being built up in him. All right, look at me, Harvest. To be rooted in God, please understand, roots are underground and roots are in dirt. That means whatever dirt you got to go through, whatever dark situations you got to go through, you need to shout about that because that means... 
Which is why I'm not shouting about it. Because that means your roots are being established. Roots cannot be established on the surface. Roots have to be established in the deep, dark dirt. But watch this. He says, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught. This is the part that we're going to deal with today. Abounding in it, in it with thanksgiving. Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor, today God has a message for you. He only wants to hear two words from you. Thank you. Father, I decrease now that you might increase. Speak to us now that we might move and walk in what you have ordained in this day. Father, we thank you that you have called us to be epic, Father. You have called us to leave average and to uh, uh, progress to this thing called epic, Father. So we declare that since you died so we could have life and life more abundantly, we are going to live lives that are epic. And so from this day forward, Father, release us from average, release us from mediocre, release us from the way we used to do it. Father, I am preaching to history makers. I am preaching to world changers. I am speaking to curse breakers. I am speaking to people that are going to be the interruption to the dysfunction in their bloodline. I'm not speaking to average folk. I'm speaking to epic folk. I've come to wake up every epic being and every epic part of every person in this place today. And Father, we serve notice on the enemy today and every distraction that would try to come against them being epic and tell it to go. You've got to go. Every spirit of python that would try to attach itself to your people we rebuke it and it's got to go in the name of jesus every care they came in here with somebody shout this say i release every care father now they've released every care so they'll be able to receive this word hear this word and apply this word and we honor you for it now in jesus name somebody shout hallelujah as you take your seats do me a favor high five two or three people and tell them say thank you say thank you you can be seated uh, we've been in this series of teachings called Epic, and the word epic means heroic, grand in scale and character, impressive and remarkable. God created you and I to live lives that are grand in scale, impressive and remarkable. Jesus did not die an epic death so, and have an epic resurrection so that we could live a mediocre life. Now, please understand, if you've been used to a certain thing for so long, you can believe that that certain way of doing it is the only way to do it because that's the only way you've seen. What God is doing in your life now is he is exposing you to new things and exposing you to epic things so that you can become what it is that you are beholding. God says, touch your neighbor and say, God's speaking to you right now. Tell him that. God is saying he is sick and tired of the dysfunction of your bloodline. He is sick and tired of the drama that's been going on in your life. And God says, I'm no longer tolerating that. I want to see some epic stuff out of you. I want to see some impressive stuff out of you. I want to see some remarkable stuff out of you. I didn't die, he says, just for you to pay bills. I didn't die just for you to have babies. I died so that it would make a difference that you ever live. Touch your neighbor and say, it makes a difference that you're here. So now watch this. Please understand, to be epic, to be epic means we must live intentionally instead of experimentally. Please understand, most people live by experimentation. We put a little this in there, put a little this in there, try a little this, try a little that. And the reality is, is that every now and then when you live by experimentation, you're going to mix two chemicals that really don't go together together. And so what you're going to have in is explosion in the laboratory. God says you don't have to live that way. So I don't have to live that way. You don't have to live your life hoping and wishing. You can live your life walking in and doing. So watch this. This often begins with applying. And what is this? Living life by intention. When you know what you're here for, then everything you do can be calculated uh, instead of just estimated and placated. You're not hearing what I'm saying. When you know what you're here to do, say, I know what I'm here for. 
then you can live life based on intention. Please understand, we, whenever people are running to this and jumping to this and jumping to that and doing this, and one week they want to be a doctor, next week they want to do this, next week they want to do this, next week they want to do this, it's because they've not yet discovered what they're here for. But when you discover what you're here for, every decision you make thereafter can be based on intention instead of experimentation. And so today, the thing I want us to deal with, the small thing that's going to make a big difference, please understand, is, is saying thank you. Touch your neighbor and say, say thank you. All right, watch this. Week one, we dealt with creating an epic culture for an epic life. The, your dreams, your visions, your desires, your passions in life, none of that matters if your culture isn't conducive for what it is that your dreams, visions, and desires are. It doesn't matter that you want to be successful when your culture is one that lacks success. It doesn't matter that you want to do great things in life when your culture is only exposing you to limitations. Please understand, it does not matter what you are trying to do if you don't have a culture around you to support that. That's the reason why, if you'll be real honest with yourself, the truth of the matter is, is that there are certain things you would have accomplished a long time ago, except the culture around you wasn't conducive for you accomplishing those things. Y'all ain't going to hear what I'm saying. You, you, you were started telling, you were like Joseph. Since y'all ain't going to say that, I'm going to preach my own self happy. You were like Joseph to where Joseph now was having a dream that he was going to be great. But he told his dream to a culture of his brothers and sisters, or excuse me, his brothers around him that could not handle the level of dream that he had. Consider that his brothers now sold him into slavery and his brothers treated him like yesterday's garbage simply because of his dream. But they hated him because of his dream. Imagine how they felt when they saw him walking in the realization of what his dream was. You got some people in your life that get an attitude with you over what your dreams are. Baby, imagine how they going to act once this thing actually manifests. See, you ought to look at the opposition that comes against just your vision and just your dreams. And if they're mad about that, baby, you better kick them to the curb now. Because when this thing manifests... Joseph's brothers hated him because he had a dream, not because he actually accomplished anything. But the culture of those brothers was such that they had to pull him down because since uh, they didn't see themselves doing it, they had to pull him down because they were, they were saying he's not going to do it either. Say culture. Then uh, week two, we talked about a God first life. We talked about how when God is first, very simply, we make what's important to him important to us. And we talked about several things. God went to church. Imagine Jesus went to church. So since Jesus went to church and he's God in the flesh, that means you going to church is important. It's real quiet up in the church. I, okay, that's cool, 1115. That's all right. I, I, I'll learn you. After, I mean, you're going to learn today. Uh, week three. Week three. Last week, we borrowed uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, mantra for the Atlanta Falcons this year. Their theme is Rise Up. And last week, we talked about Rise Up. Somebody say Rise Up. This week, small thing that makes a big difference is something that most of us were taught to say as children. If somebody did something nice for you, somebody would say, you know, if somebody did something nice for you, they'd say, say. Thank you. Now watch this. Throughout life, we've all heard what have become the platitudes of gratitude, but we don't often use those in our everyday life. So I want to take us to a passage of scripture and we're going to exegete the text and I'm going to give you the principles from the passage so you can apply them in your life. Watch this. Luke 17, 12 says this. You can look there on the screens. You can flip in your Bibles if you'd like to or in your mobile devices. It says, then has he entered a certain village, say certain village. 
Uh, the, the use of the term certain village here, now please understand, Luke could have indicated what village they went to. Luke didn't indicate what village they went to because Luke wanted it to be so that when you and I would read this 2,000 years later, that that village would mean your life. That village could mean your family. That village could mean everything that is you. He didn't give it a specific identity so you wouldn't limit the miracle that happened in the moment to the people that were there in the moment. He said it was a certain village so that that certain village would mean it's you. It's for anybody that wants it. Touch your neighbor and say, I want this today. Yes, I do. There met him 10 uh, who were lepers who stood afar off. Watch this, verse 13. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. These lepers had to stand afar off because in the Hebrew culture, and it is quite true uh, today in continents and countries where leprosy is now something that still plagues them, lepers could not come around the general population of people because leprosy could be easily transferred. Touch your neighbor, say, could be transferred. Y'all are not saying nothing. I hear them. I don't hear nobody else over here. Just your neighbor say it can be transferred. Well, well, watch this. So now they're standing over there on the side looking at Jesus coming, which tells me that these lepers had some idea that Jesus wasn't any ordinary man. They had to know something was different about Jesus because they watched men coming in and out, in and out of this village all the time declaring that they were Moshiach or they, the, or they were the Messiah. But when they saw this man, somebody say this man. When they saw this man, they said, Jesus, look what they call him, master. Now, it's interesting that they call him master when they had just met him. How is he their master when, he, when they had just met him? Watch this. The first thing these men do is say, before we're going to get anything from him, we're going to have to submit ourselves to him. So they take a posture of submission. Say submission. Uh, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Mercy now is when God does not allow to happen to you what you rightfully deserve to happen to you. Grace now is when God gives you what it is that you do not deserve. So grace is God giving you something you couldn't earn and do not deserve. Mercy is you did something that deserves something bad to happen, but mercy steps in and says no. See, I don't know about you, but I'm not only thankful for his grace, but I'm also thankful for his mercy. Because there's some stuff I done done. I don't know about you. Maybe you've been perfect all your life. But it's some stuff I've done that, my God, if his mercy didn't step in and block it, baby, you'd be toe up from the floor. Up. You'd be messed up from the rooter to the tutor. But his mercy stepped in and said no. He shouldn't have saved you from that car accident, but mercy said no. He shouldn't have saved you from losing your mind, but his mercy. Somebody shout mercy. Mercy, mercy. Me, things ain't quite what they used to be. Watch this. Verse 14, now, now, now this is important because these were lepers, say lepers. Now these lepers, uh, because they were lepers, they had to stay off to the side. They couldn't touch any of the other general population of the people because this leprosy, they believed it was not only something that could be uh, passed on to others, but they knew that this leprosy uh, had the potential to create outbreaks, say outbreaks. All right. And so as a Hebrew, they could not touch the other people, especially Jesus being a rabbi. So when the scripture says they crowd out to him from afar, it was because that was as close as they could get to him. Sometimes you keep thinking that you need a when really what you just need to do is maximize the B you have. They knew they couldn't touch him. So they said, but you can't stop me from hollering at him. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. See, where are the folk in here that are just thankful that maybe, maybe I don't know every scripture. I don't know every Hebrew and Greek word. I don't know all of that. But what I do know is that when I call him, he answers him. What I do know is that whenever I needed him to show up, won't he show up right on time? Baby, I may not pray like you pray. I may not shout like you shout, but I know how to get to him. 
They used what they did have. They did not use the fact that they could not touch him as a justification for why they had to remain the way that they were. They said, if this Jesus is here, this might be our moment. Touch your neighbor and say, it might be your moment to walk in what we've never walked in. So then when we look at verse 14, look at what it says. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And it was so that as they went, they were cleansed. Say cleansed. Watch this. Jesus never said to them, be healed. Now, it's quiet in here. By saying have mercy on us, this tells us a couple things. That whatever they did to get leprosy, they believed that they deserved leprosy. Because they were asking for mercy. They were saying, we deserve this, but we're asking you to step in and not give us what we deserve. So, number one, watch this, because I'm going to deal with somebody in here. Because you keep thinking all the hell that comes your way. You keep saying, well, I guess I just deserve this because I messed up so bad. And here's the truth. On one hand, there's some fact to that. On the flip side, there ain't no truth in that. Bishop, what's the difference between fact and truth? It is the difference between, watch this, fact and faith. Uh, one of the words, can I teach you for a moment? One of the Greek words for faith is the word pistis, which means truth. Truth now can be different from a fact. See, the fact may be the doctor says you've got an illness, but the truth is, with his stripes, you've already been healed. The fact may be that the doctor says you got this addiction and this addiction is going to be in your life. Well, I'm preaching to somebody here. But the truth is, is that who the son sets free, he is free indeed. And so watch this now. You, please understand, while it may have been fact that they deserved leprosy, it was no longer the truth. Because mercy and grace stepped in a body called Jesus. And when mercy and grace stepped in, it's a lot of hell I deserve. But baby, that ain't the truth. It may be factual, but it ain't truthful. They had conditioned themselves to thinking that that's what they deserved. And so they say to Jesus, have mercy on us, which implies they wanted to be healed. Say they wanted to be healed. Please understand, if you had leprosy, you would have wanted to have been healed too. They had to dress different. They had to talk different. In fact, when they walked, they had to declare. Listen to what they had to say. I'm going to help somebody. Everywhere they went, they had to declare their issue. Not only did they wear the garments of the unclean, which means you could see them from a distance and say they're unclean, but everywhere they went, they had to declare their issue. So when an unclean person came around you in the Hebrew culture, they had to say, unclean 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 because by Torah if you touch them or if they touch you you are now going to be unclean too y'all not hearing what I'm saying so watch this touch your neighbor watch this touch your neighbor what look at your neighbor say neighbor touch your neighbor harvest don't worry about somebody else let her get her victory let let her get free you don't know what hell she had to get through to do what she's doing. Let her be cleansed, be healed, be delivered, be set. I feel the Holy Ghost. Bring her here. I need somebody praying in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, whatever's had you bound, whatever's had you defeated, in the name of Jesus, be set free. Loose her and let her go. I need somebody to give God a praise. To Touch your neighbor say, you might as well get free too. You might well. You got some issues you walked up in here with. You might as well get free from. 
Spirit of depression, we rebuke you and bind you now. Spirit of discouragement, we rebuke you and we... I need somebody to lift up worship right here. If he did that, and I ain't even made one point yet. Now be seated. Let's finish this word. <laughs> I like it when he does new stuff. I said, I like it when he does new stuff. Touch your neighbor and say, I can't wait to see what he does next. Now, church ain't over. Don't you leave. <laughs> oh, God. My God. You ought to be glad you're in a church where the Holy Spirit gets to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. My God. Verse 14, so when he saw them, these lepers, who started shouting and didn't care that the rest of the church was watching them shout, who started dancing and didn't care that the rest of the church was watching them dance, my God, I'd join Harvest if I wasn't a pastor. <laughs> so when he saw them he said to them go show yourselves to the priests and so it was that as they went they were cleansed watch this Jesus never said be healed to them he sent them to the pastor now I need you to catch this verse Jesus never said I declare healing to you Jesus said go to your pastor and go to church so watch this if you don't have a pastor I got some good news for you we accept a new sheep So watch this then. Their healing came as they went to show themselves to the priest or to the pastor, which would be our modern translation. Watch this. The word show there is a Greek word, which means to prove by display. Say prove, prove. by display. Now, this had to happen because in the Hebrew culture, you could not self-declare that you were well. You needed the man of God to declare that healing had come so that now you didn't have to walk around declaring your issue. Remember where we got into, uh, not interrupted, but remember where we got uh, invaded by heaven. <clears throat> when you walked around and you were unclean, you had to walk around and declare to everybody you were unclean. Which is why some of y'all, every time you talk, you keep declaring your issue. Because you're just like the men in this scripture. Every time you talk, you keep saying, well, I'm a single parent. Well, you ain't the only single Every time you talk, you start saying, well, I've been hurt. Baby, you ain't the only one been hurt. Well, I've been lied on. You ain't the only one been lied on. Well, people did me wrong. You're not the only one people have done wrong. Everywhere these men went, they had to declare their issue. But touch your neighbor and say, that's over today. God says, I don't want to hear about your issue no more. Stop telling me about your problems and start declaring your promise. Stop telling me about your issues and start declaring that those are no longer yours. Touch your neighbor and say, stop repeating the problem. You're rehearsing it. And that's what these men had to do. But watch this. Jesus said, go prove yourself to the priest. Notice, as they went. Say, as they went. As they went to church, watch this because I need to deal with something here. The principle of this passage is that in our modern times, please understand, being part of a life-giving church, some water please, like harvest, your healing happens. Say, at harvest, my healing happens. Say it again. Say, at harvest, my healing happens. So the scripture says, as they went to church, touch your neighbor, say, I see you at the church. 
as they went to church, please understand, they got healed, which means God didn't do it instantaneously. God said, as you go, it's going to happen, which means often progress in life happens by progression because God knows that if he did it all at one time, you'd cheat on him. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. God knew that if every problem you had immediately vacated your life, he knows that he wouldn't see you no more. So sometimes he does you like Jacob and he leaves you with a limp. He leaves you with a little problem. So you got to keep coming back to him because God says, I paid too severe of a price for you, for you to get good in life and think you're going to quit me. You ever knew somebody when they were down and while they were down, they were with you. But as soon as they thought themselves getting up a little bit, all of a sudden now they forgot about you. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. God says, I'm going to ensure that whether or not you're at the bottom or whether or not you think you're at the top, you're going to keep coming back to me. So as you go, touch your neighbor's as you go. So then watch this. That means that being a Christian that puts God first isn't an event. It's a lifestyle. And we put him first by making what's important to him important to us. Jesus, I need you to catch the simplicity of that verse. We're exegeting it. Then I'm going to give you the principles. Exegeting just means un, it, it, we're opening it up and unpacking it. Here it is. Jesus said, go to church. Now, as God in the flesh, Emmanuel, the anthropos, so much God you couldn't believe his man, so much man you couldn't believe his God, all he had to do was say, be healed. Instead of saying, be healed, you know what he does? He says, go to church. So I need to deal with everybody up in here that says, well, I got my own thing with God at home. You're out of order, and that's why you ain't healed. You're out of order because you're breaking the system, he said. When the sick people went to Jesus, Jesus said, go to your pastor. Go to church. And if you ain't got a pastor, hello, you just met him. You ain't here by accident. You ain't here because you chose to came. You are here because God, before the foundation of the earth, said, I made a man called Foreman, and that man is assigned to your life. At What's this? What's verse 15? And one of them, when he saw he was healed, returned with a loud voice, and he glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Somebody say, thank you. He was a Samaritan. Now watch this. This man being a Samaritan indicates to us, I'm going to move expeditiously here. You got to get to 915. This man uh, declaring that he's a Samaritan tells us that, watch this, this man was of a mixed pedigree. To the Hebrews, the Samaritans were worse than dogs. In fact, they called them dogs. You remember there was a passage of scripture where the woman says, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the table. She was likening herself to a dog because she understands Jesus being a Hebrew. The Hebrews viewed the Samaritans as dogs. In fact, they looked at them and said, because you're of a mixed pedigree, because you're of a mixed background, you're not as good as us pure blood Jews. Which is what some people do to you now. Well, you got all these issues in your past. You used to be this, and you used to be that, and you used to be this. And so you're like the Samaritan. But what I like about it is the church folk, the other nine, they weren't the ones that came to say thank you. It was the Samaritans, the one that the church folk thought were dogs. You ought to be glad you're in a church where ain't nobody looking down at you and trying to act more holy than you and trying to act better than you. No, the Samaritan, the non-church guy, he was the one that went back to say thank you. He was just happy that God had anything to do with him. He was shocked and amazed that this God, who was king of kings and lord of lords, would even think enough about him to even see about him. So watch this. Let me talk to the folks that have been in church for a while. Sometimes when you've been in church for a while, you forget to be thankful because you develop a position of pride rather than an attitude of gratitude. You have this mentality where he better do it. <clears throat> 
You get so used to hearing good word and good messages and good preaching and all this that, that, that you got to be fought with to get a $5 CD. Because you just think the food's going to be good every week. Years ago, when, when, when our church was a little different size and years ago, our, uh, we were able to do things a little differently. Years ago, when we had Bible college and things like that, I told them because we would have great outpourings of the Holy Ghost. I told them, I said, it ain't always going to be like this here. And you better treasure these moments that you have because it's going to be a day where you are going to have to be lined up outside to get a seat in the stadium. I know for what reason I've been sent and I don't despise the day of small beer. I've not been sent to take sides, baby. I've been sent to take. And I, sometimes you can get this attitude of entitlement. You know, I'm owed something. And that's what the nine did. The nine were like, well, you know, <laughs> so what? He's healed me from something I've had all these years and couldn't even have a regular life. I'll send my praise report later. I ain't going on the blog to send it today. I'll send it later. So what the Lord opened up a door I never thought was ever going to be open. I'll testify about it later. The Bible makes it clear to make sure that everybody knew that this wasn't the guy that grew up in church. This was a guy that the church people thought were a dog. And notice how he comes back. He comes back with a loud voice. Say loud voice. He was loud about his transformation. Can, can, I, can I tell you something? Please understand. You, you, you're going to have to learn how to be loud about what's happened for you since G you met Jesus and since you've come to your church called Harvest. Because, you know, it's so interesting because people will get loud about what they want to get loud about, but what they should get loud about, they don't have nothing to say. The scripture says this man went back to Jesus and he cried out with a loud voice. Now, check this out. Why did he need to yell when Jesus was right in front of his face? It wasn't for Jesus to hear it. It was for everybody around to hear who Jesus was. You are the only Bible and the only scripture some people are ever going to be exposed to. And if you're sitting up here being quiet about how good your God is, why in the heaven... It's coming. Fifth Sunday is coming. Why in the heaven would I want to serve your God if your God got you sitting in the corner rocking back and forth looking weird? If he's been good, shout about it. If he's made a way, tell somebody. If he's been better to you than you've been to you, don't you sit there and look at me with that pickle juice baptism face. What the hell? Your God has been It was him that kept that car accident from killing you. It was God that kept you from losing your mind. It was God that didn't let you blow your brains out. It was God. Say loud voice. If Excel overcharged you on your power bill, I bet you have a loud voice. If Sprint double charged you for data, I bet you have a loud voice. If somebody cuts you off, if you got to wait more than five minutes for the waiter to come at the table, I bet you got a loud voice. Oh, I don't do that in church. I'm sophisticated. I'm bougie. Amen. She's getting her victory. Good for her. Good for her. You the one need it. 
Bishop, I'm offended. I'm leaving. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> you must not know about me. <laughs> Man, don't give me a reason to shout. <laughs> now, let me, let's be honest about it. Sometimes we, we, we can think, well, I'm not, I'm not loud like that. The point I'm trying to get you to is I'm not saying being loud for the sake of being loud. What I'm saying is, is that this man had finally experienced in life what he didn't even think he was even worthy of. So you couldn't get this man to shut up and Jesus was right in front of his face. If somebody sent you a million dollars, you would have just can't, you would have threw a chair at the wall and said, I got it, I got it, I got it. Don't even worry about it. I'm going to buy a whole new thing of chairs. I got it. And in Denver, there is this religious uh, spirit that takes over people to where people, oh, you know, let the other people get happy. I'm just. That's good for them. They need that. Right, what you need is to get a reality check. Because watch what happens for this man who was thankful with a loud voice. Watch what happens. Touch your name and say, watch what happens. Verse 17. So Jesus answered and said, uh, were there not ten people that got cleansed? Where the other nine at? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner, except this dog? Except this man of mixed pedigree and mixed background? He wasn't one of them. He's the only one that said thank you. So that's what I love about our church, reaching different people from all different pedigrees and backgrounds. And you can see the difference in the praise and worship because people who feel like God owes them something. But the people that just put the bottle down a couple months ago, they doing stuff you ain't even supposed to do in church, but they like, I don't know what to do, man. I don't. I don't know, I don't know, but I just know that I know that I know that I know that he loves me and I didn't think he would and I didn't think he could, so watch me. They doing dance move, ain't got no kind of business up in the church, but they like, I don't even know. You're going to have to tell me protocol because all I know is he's been good and I didn't think he should have been. Watch this. Y'all here? Now, now, check this out. These lepers, I'm almost through, did everything together because as lepers, you had to stay with the other lepers. They all had the same issue. Can I ask you a question? What do the people around you say about you? You are the people around you. That's what drew you to them. Now, my question, now, now, now watch this, watch this. One out of ten said thank you. And one out of ten broke free from the dysfunction of the ten. Can I tell you why for some of you it's so difficult to, to break free and to move and great stuff in life? Is because every time God's like, okay, let's do it, you go back to the lepers. And every time you're trying to make progress, you go consult a leper. 
And so now you're trying to take one step back and then you'll blame the devil. That ain't the devil. You didn't have the courage to break free from the ten. Which means, watch this, the man went by himself. Which means you're going to have to learn to like you and you're going to have to learn to love you. Because where God's taking you in this journey called Epic, it's going to be some days where ain't nobody around but you, yours, me, myself, and I. It's going to be some days when you're going to have to learn, tell your own self a joke. Take your own self to the movie. Buy your own self a popcorn. Take your own self to dinner. This man went by himself. Stop looking for crowds. That's where average folk are. What's this? To, to be epic, you have to have the courage to break free from the ungrateful lepers. Now, I said this in the first experience, and I'm going to move past it real quickly. Please get to 915 CD. See, I call it CD. Ain't got good progress. Uh, say lepers. Leprosy was very interesting because leprosy, uh, in many cases, uh, sometimes they believed it was genetic and it was passed down. But other times, leprosy, they believe, was this. It was that a person, some kind of bacteria, some kind of infection would happen to a person. And so what would happen is for 5 to 20 years, they would not know that they had leprosy. So here's what would happen in that 5 to 20 years. They'd cut themselves. Let's just pretend I got cut. They'd cut themselves. But because they had something they didn't know about, they never treated the cut. So they didn't know that they were injured and bleeding. So now infection grows in that place of a cut and it spreads to other parts of their body. And so now then you would see lesions and these kinds of things develop. Watch this. Say the natural, the spirit. So the apostle Paul says that natural things are painting spiritual pictures. So watch this. If leprosy in the natural works where you get cut, but you didn't know you were bleeding. So now you're infected. I know you're real spiritual, but your neighbor has had some cuts. And your neighbor has had some wounds. And your neighbor thought because they didn't talk about their wounds that they had conquered their wounds. And your neighbor thought that because they didn't deal with their wounds every day that they had actually moved past their wounds. The issue is, is that they're really a leper. And infected people hang around infected people. Single folk, that's why you keep attracting that kind of person. Y'all both infected. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. And so what happened is now, please understand, for 5 to 10 years, to 20 years, none of the symptoms would manifest. Until one day they'd look and say, what happened to me? And then they'd be declared unclean. What is it in your life that you've not dealt with? That you keep equating to yourself that, well, one day, I don't want to deal with that right now. I want to talk about that right now. Let's just go eat. Let's not talk about that. The, are y'all here? In the natural, the spirit. So these lepers now, these lepers, 10 of them had the same issue. And what happens with leprosy, watch this, because your body as leprosy progresses, you still here. This is the coup de grace. Because that means the blow of mercy. That means the big one. Because you were cut once, your body, that infection, begins to lose its sensitivity to pain. So watch this now. It keeps getting cut, but it doesn't perceive it's in pain. 
until somebody looked at him and says, you got an issue. You're unclean. And that's what's happening in some of your lives right now is you've been cut for so many years. You just got immune to the pain because you said, well, I guess ain't nobody going to help heal me. So I'll just walk around with my issues. But today. I don't know who this is for. It's for somebody. God says today, you ain't walking out of 14100 a leper anymore. Because they got so used to pain, they were desensitized to it. They were anesthetized to it. They expected people to do them wrong. So their expectancy became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, you still here? But this one man, touch your neighbor and say, I'm the one. Now, last week I told you to say, you're not the one. That was to something else. <laughs> this week, you are the one. Because this one man, as he's walking to church, as he's going to see his pastor in the South, we call him Rebms. R-E-U-U-M. Rebm. <laughs> as he's going to church obeying what Jesus told him he looks at his hands and he says he's like that's okay I just you know, you know steamy over there you know, certain village it was a lot of humidity you know you know you think you don't need no lotion because it's humid <laughs> The devil is alive. You better put that lotion on. Don't let the devil get the victory. And when you think you got enough, put some on. <laughs> he flipped his hand over and said, what? And then, you know, he pulled his robe up. He's like, what? Come on, cameraman. Look at my robe down here. <laughs> Listen, listen, Linda, listen, honey, listen. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. Then he looked at the other one. He's like, wait a minute. As I went to church. Can I give you some revelation? He hadn't even got there yet. He just decided he was going. See, some of you today, you got to invite somebody told you to come. And when you decided, God started working some stuff out behind the scenes. So look at verse 19. I'm almost through. He said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. He said, you had the courage to break free and come back and say thank you. He said, all them Hebrews, all them church folk, he said, they didn't even say thank you like I owed them something. He said, but you, you came back to say thank you. He says, I tell you what, you get up, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Faith, by the way, here is that Greek word I told you, pistis, your truth. Watch this. And God making him well was the equivalent of God saying, you're welcome, in response to him saying, thank you. Now, some of you have said, well, Bishop, I thought he was already getting well. Oh, no, there's a difference. The scripture uses the word uh, healed uh, 
or cleansed, which is this Greek word that means cleansed but still have a hole. If you're cleansed but you still have a hole, that means you're going to continually have to purge if there's still a hole. See, many people get healed but they're never whole. Bishop, what is the difference? See, I can heal you, which could be the, and, and I'm not saying me literally, I'm just making a point. I can, you can be healed. Let me say it that way. You can be healed and that can fix your fruit. But for you to be what happened to this man, your faith has made you well, which is the Greek word sozo. It means this man was made whole. Which means, watch this. Jesus said, these other guys, they're excited because their fruit got painted. But your thank you has made it so to where I'm dealing with the root of your problem. See, y'all ain't going to say nothing, so I'm going to have to teach it here. See, you keep trying to deal with the roots of why there's dysfunction in your, or the fruit of why there's dysfunction in your family. You never went to the root. The root is, is that everybody's been out of order. And so because there's no leadership, all right, y'all don't like what I'm saying. You keep trying to deal with the fruit of your addiction, but not the root of your addiction. So another kind of addictive behavior will arise because you never actually dug around the roots. You only dealt with the fruit. So the nine got their fruit dealt with but the one got his roots dealt with it is the greek word sozo which means made whole and no longer leaking now this isn't to suggest that the man was never going to have another issue but certainly not that same issue touch the neighbor say i'm not going to keep the same issues no 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 i'm not saying i'm not going to have any but i'm telling you it ain't going to be the same one see let me tell you how to know if you're making progress in life you still got issues but it ain't the same ones you used to have Watch this, watch this, watch this. Somebody say thank you. All right, so here I'm going to go through this real quick because I'm out of time. Uh, I want to give you the principles. Please get the 915 CD and be thankful so you can get the totality of the teaching. But, but, but I want to encapsulate the principles from the text. Say thank you. Say it. Thank you. All right, Thessalonians 518 says, In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So number one, we understand it's God's will for you to be thankful. What's the will of the Lord, Bishop? Be thankful. What does God want me to do? Be thankful. Bishop, what does that mean? Whatever hand you've been dealt, rather than complaining about it, play it. And play it well. But he says in everything. Please understand. Which means I may not be thankful for it yet, but I'm thankful in it. Being thankful for it normally occurs after you become thankful in it. Listen, what do you mean? What's the difference? For and in. What's the difference? Um, there, a lot of stuff you're not thankful for until you can look back on and say, wow. I, I remember, I was talking about a little bit at the first experience. I, I remember there was something that happened, and it, and it had a great level of pain for me. And while I was in it, I, I was thankful. But I really wasn't thankful for it until I could look back and see all of the changes it created in me. And I said, wow, that changed, that changed, that changed, that changed, that changed, that changed, that changed. Because it, while I was in it, the, only, the best I could do is just say, my God, good God Almighty. I, my, mm, mm. You ever just didn't know what else to say? She said, mm. but, but I got thankful for it later on. See, there's some stuff you've gone through in life that the truth be told, uh, you ain't really thankful for it until you can look back at it and say, wow. It's some people, you're going to send a thank you note. Thank you for cheating on me. Thank you for lying to me. Thank you for betraying me. Thank you for giving up on me because I, I, I wasn't thankful for it back then. But I'm thankful for it now because that made me stronger. It made me wiser. It made me better. 
Somebody say thank you. So in everything, so that means whatever you find yourself in, if you find yourself getting pulled over because you have a spirit of aggression on the road, say thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> if your children are acting like Mikey Myers, Freddy Krueger, and Jason, just say thank you. Now turn that other cheek, give it an open-handed slap to the... <laughs> now you obey your local, state, and federal laws. But the Bible says if you whoop them, you'll keep them out of hell. But you obey your Bible. You, you, you obey whatever you need to obey. Bishop, I believe in time out. How's that working? They got time to figure out how to deceive you once they come up out of it. <laughs> I took their phone. Listen, we didn't have phones. We had you better be at the house. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. We didn't have no phone. Check my phone. What do you do? I'll check the phone. You better just be at that house. If you get out of school at 235, they didn't calculate it down to the minute. You better be in that house by 257 and 43 seconds. Because I'm telling you, if I call at 3 and don't nobody answer the phone, it's going to be some smoke in the Checking the phone. What? So they can call you and deceive you. I know all the students are like, Bishop, come on, man. Don't you come on, man, me. <laughs> I'm just telling you. You, you. Okay, let me leave that alone. So they say thank you. All right, here we go. Next one. Uh, thank you. So, th uh, so we're saying thank you. I'm encapsulating the principle. I'm moving real quick. Thank you turns up in praise and worship. Turns up uh, is an urban colloquialism, which means gets really excited. And watch this. Please understand. One of the things that's important, and I've said this the last few weeks, and, and I don't deduce that we got it, so I'm going to keep saying it until we get it. Please understand, um, uh, praise and worship, that's the part out of the worship experience. That and the offering, those are the two things God gets out of the entire experience. God's not getting anything out of the word right now. God is like, God, uh, Bishop is preaching. What did he say? I like him. He real. He, re he keep it real. He said, hell, he keep it real. I like him. <laughs> God, God, God's not getting anything out of this. This is for you. Those are the two things God gets. So watch this. Well, let me get this Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 13, 15. Please understand, especially if you're the kind of person who's kind of reserved, I just need to tell you what the scripture says. Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Please understand, which means your praise and worship, it isn't a sacrifice until it makes no sense why you're doing it. Now, Bishop, what do you mean by that? Sacrifice implies that it took from a place where it cost you something. So whether it cost you uh, people looking at you a certain way or people acting, that's why I love what happened a few minutes ago, because that individual said, I don't really care what they, y'all can make the circle around me, but I'm finna get free, which means it cost them something. See, I love the day when y'all would come up in here and not come up in here to look for the show and just, mm, but come up in here and say, God, it don't make no sense while I'm worshiping like I do, while I'm praising. I got so much going on over here, but God, you've been good to me, so I'm going to give you the sacrifice of my praise and the sacrifice of my worship. The sacrifice means it costs you something. So if you do what you normally do, it's not a sacrifice. Does that make sense? I, I got to move on. Please get to 915. I'm going to say it about 14 more times. 
because I'm moving so quickly, I'm not going to have time to really deal with it. Next, thank you terminates complaining and grumbling. Uh, please understand, there is nothing worse than a noisy wagon. You know why, you know why the, no, no, uh, the noisy wagon is noisy? Because there's nothing in it. You got people like this on your job who complain about everything, but do nothing to fix it. Well, why do we have to do this? 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 Well, have to do this? Have to do? You know what? You, you seem to think this needs you to be, to, for it to get done. You seem to think you are more expensive monkey than the other monkeys. Monkeys is cheap these days. One monkey don't stop a show. You think you giving your boss an attitude is going to stop the company from moving forward? They got the spirit of Beyonce. They'll find another you in a minute. Matter of fact, they'll be here any minute. All your stuff is in that box to the left. Now get out of here before we call security. I, so one of the things we have to do, especially for those, you know, we say we love Jesus, and everybody now has had an opportunity to come to Jesus, so everybody in here should be Christian. Um, here, here's the deal, is that we can't complain and grumble because that's what people who don't know Jesus do. 1 Corinthians 10.10 says this, and do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel, old King James says. New King James cleans it up real nice. It says they were destroyed by the destroyer. In other words, God says there's a few things he just really, really doesn't like, and one of them is complaining. In Numbers 11, verse 1, matter of fact, the scripture says, and the Lord heard their grumbling and complaining, and it displeased the Lord, and so he got angry. In fact, the scripture says his anger, there it is, his anger was aroused, so the Lord sent fire. And he said, oh, you got a problem with what I'm doing? Okay, well, I'll just die then. Now you won't have no more problems. See, we fixed the problem. Now, here's the point I need to understand. Thank you terminates grumbling and complaining. And here's a grumble and a complaint. Here's what that is. It's you talking about something you're unwilling to do something about to change. Talking about it. I don't know why we have to do that. Well, then do you have a better way? Do you have a more effective way? Do you have a more efficient way? Or do you just have problems? Because ain't nobody interested in 99 problems. That's a horrible confession. Let me move on. I got, I got, yeah, I'm out of time. Well, watch this. Watch this. Whenever you're tempted to complain from this moment forward, please get to 915. Just say what? Thank you. Whenever you're tempted to complain. Whenever you want to say, oh, God, why me? Why me? Just thank you. Because there's somebody else in this zip code, in, 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 on your street, in your apartment complex, in your building, on your job, that's praying ahead of problems you have. Your problems will be an upgrade. Whenever you want to act a fool from this day forward, just say, what am I thanking him for? This is a chance for me to grow. This is a chance for me to mature. Why? Because whenever resistance comes, God is trying to produce growth. Whenever resistance comes, God is trying to produce growth. Uh, the, the only two more. Watch this. Thank you, transfers. Thank you, transfers. When we pray, we transfer the right to worry. Now, worry is being overwhelmed by something you can't change. Now, let's be honest. How many of us worried even just the last two days? Let's just be honest. Come on. You had harvest. You don't have to do all that religious foolishness. Oh, no, I've never worried. I just wake up and just get into the presence of Jesus. And Jesus makes it all better. Right, so what you do after that then? What happened after that? 
right, all right, watch this. We all worry, and, and here's the deal. Worry is crazy. Number one, worry is doubt. Number one, number two, worry is a lack of faith. Number three, worry is really pride. Because what we are doing is we are saying to God, God, my worry is going to fix this better than you can. All right, so watch this. Philippians 4 and 6 says, be careful or be anxious or worry about nothing. For in everything, by prayer, now prayer is when you pray for yourself. Supplication is when you pray for other Christians. It's like supplementing with thanksgiving. So look, look at me, Harvest. God says, listen, um, if you want to not be worried, pray for yourself. Then go pray for somebody else. Well, one of the things that brings me, and, and it's just amazing how simple it is and how great it works, is that sometimes if I'm dealing with something, I'll call a pastor, I'll call somebody and pray with them for whatever they're dealing with and going through. And all of a sudden, whatever I was dealing with and going through, ain't that big of a deal no more. And it's really remarkable because what happens is that just because I'm following the text, prayer, praying for others, and be thankful, let your requests be made known unto God, whatever I was worried about leaves. And whatever strategy I couldn't see, I now find. So your thank you, watch this, is transferring. Say transfer. If you keep a problem longer than 24 hours, you're out of order. When Jesus saw the fig tree, I moved real slow. Y'all took all my energy. <laughs> so it's going to be this tempo for the rest right, right here. Uh, watch this. Uh, please understand, uh, whenever uh, we are in a scenario and we're in a situation where uh, we're feeling overwhelmed and we're feeling worried or what have you, which that happens, can happen from time to time, uh, if we keep it longer than 24 hours, we're out of order. Bishop, what do you mean? Jesus, when he walked up to a fig tree, and the fig tree had leaves, but it had no figs, number one, the fig tree was deceiving because the leaf normally didn't appear unless the fruit was present. So for the leaf to be there, but there be no fruit, the tree was presenting itself to be one thing, but it was really another thing. So when Jesus goes up to it, the Bible says he was hungry. You know why he was hungry? Because Jesus was from the south. <laughs> yes, you should read your Bible. It's in there. Jesus... He's from the south, and so Jesus wanted to eat. So since he couldn't get no biscuits and greens and thank you, Lord, macaroni and cheese. Just lift your hands. <laughs> he was hungry. Touch on him and say he was hungry. So he wanted something to eat. Got it? He goes over to get something to eat. The, the fig tree, watch this, doesn't have what he wants. And listen to what the Bible says. And Jesus answered the fig tree. John, John says he answered the fig tree. <laughs> look, look at me. So that means the fig tree not having food was a problem. And Jesus answered the problem and said, let no man ever eat fruit from you again. In other words, Jesus says, you're a problem, but I'm not keeping you longer than 24 hours. So the next morning when they came around the tree, the, the Bible tells us that the tree was withered from the roots up. What are you trying to say? Uh, touch your neighbor and say, transfer your issues. Transfer. Touch the other one and say, transfer your, transfer your worry. You can't do nothing about it worrying except lose your hair and gain weight or lose weight and grow hair depending on your hormonal structure. <laughs> That's all your worry going to do. It's not going to fix nothing. Well, so-and-so doesn't like me. Well, listen. Okay, so, okay, what you going to do about it? I mean, literally, you could sit up and, and worry yourself 
to kingdom come. Talking about somebody don't like you and somebody going to do this and somebody, well, why would so and somebody do that? I just don't know why they would do that. Why ask them? They the ones that know. Now, let me tell you what they're going to say. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so I just saved you 45 minutes of long-distance phone calls right there. Because then you're going to try to flip the question and ask it a different way. So, but, like, you don't know why you said that, though? Like, what was going through your head? No, just tell me because I want to know. Crazy rarely knows why it is the way it is. <laughs> All right, last one. Thank you, treasures or remembers here. Treasures or remembers. When you treasure something, you remember it. You don't forget it. And one of the things I was telling you this morning, one of the things that happens for me is every time uh, uh, people of Harvest love their pastor and their pastor loves them. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> We're not in an unhappy relationship where I don't have options. <laughs> oh, I got options. Okay, so you know, a lot of pastors and churches becomes this unhappy relationship where like he ain't got nowhere else to go, and they keep coming because they figure, well, I didn't tithe, I gave four hundred dollars last year, so I'm gonna be here. <laughs> so you have this unhealthy relationship, and so that that's just not the case. I'm I'm here because it, I want to be. Um, and and now, Bishop, why are you saying that? Everything that people ever get me, I, I consider it um, something that is is honorable to me because while people should be nice, people don't have to be nice. And so why people should be honorable, people don't have to be honorable. Got it? And so every time anybody gets me anything, I mean, it could be a little, I was telling this morning, you know, like a lot of times the king's kids, they'll be in there, they have their coloring sheets and stuff, and they learn their stories in the Bible, and, you know, they got a little piece of color up over here in the corner, a little piece of color over here, a little piece of color over there, and they wrote their name over in the middle. <laughs> I'm like, you ain't colored not now one of these characters here, not, not, not none of them. But, but I keep that because I said, wow, they thought enough out of their whole class to sit there and to, to color, you know, in their own special way, to color me a sheet of coloring. Some of our student ministries right now, I've watched, I literally have watched them grow up. And from when they used to give me coloring sheets and now they, now they give me a little bit more, you know, other stuff. Now, here, here's the point. Here, here's the point. Every time any harvest, any person gets me anything, I keep it. Every card, every letter, every note, everything that people ever do, I keep. I do that because to me, it is very important that I am grateful because that's not every pastor's experience. Although it should be, it's not. And so every little, everything, I mean, everything I get, I keep. And so eventually we take all that stuff and we'll make these collages out of them. And places where I frequent on our campuses, we have these collages there so that I am constantly reminded, number one, to be thankful. And then number two, whenever I feel like complaining, to be thankful. Now, Bishop, what's the point? Is that I treasure those things because those things are important to me. Got it? Uh, I treasure those things. Now, uh, the scripture says, to touch your neighbor, say, you must treasure, you must treasure. To, be to be thankful. Please understand, you, 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 you forgot that you didn't get to where you've got because of your own goodness. You forgot it was somebody that was picking you up from the bus stop. Y'all not saying nothing. There's this movie, there's this movie, I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to look at the verse and then we'll shout. I think I got one more shout, amen. And then y'all give me a burrito or something, give me something, ham sandwich, something. I lost like 15 pounds this morning. Now, now watch this, watch this. Uh, this is movie came out on week, um, Friday called Equalizer. And uh, let me tell you, Denzel really did a phenomenal job. 
he did a great job. You know, he did a good job. It, it was different to see him in this kind of role, but I like movies. So, it was, you know, I was like, all right, Denzel, what you going to do? You know, how you going to do this? Like, are you going to Malcolm X him, or how you going to do this? Are you going to, is it going to be a John, you know, cute kind of thing? Where, where, where are we going with this? Where, where are we going? Who is this? Who is this? And uh, in the movie, um, in the movie, y'all like movies? Anybody else like movies? So in the movie, The Equalizer, and so, you know, basically what he did is his whole thing was, and you can still go see the movie, you can go sit and it's been two hours, you, it, I'm not going to spoil it for you. In the movie, basically what he did is that when you were, uh, when he cared about you, watch it, when he cared about you, if he saw inequity happen to you or something wrong happen to you, he'd find out who did it and then he would equalize he would go and ensure that whatever the inequity was, it was no longer present. And so watch this now, watch this. Because they knew that man, whatever inequity they experienced in life, that man would go fix it behind the scenes. And then they'd show up the next day and be like, Mr. So-and-so, I don't even remember his name. Mr. So-and-so, wow, such and such, such and such happened. He's like, oh, really? Now, what they didn't know is he had just taken a sledgehammer from the stove and killed somebody the night before. And cleaned it off and put it back on the shelf. So he's like, oh, everything's fine? That's good news. That's good news. That's good news. That's good news. I said, God, dog. Equal. I said, I've been doing that for people for years. <laughs> Fixing their messes in the back. Covering them from being this and that. I said, I've been equalizing for years. Where my movie at? But the second piece to it was this. Psalm 103.2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not or treasure all his benefits. And when I saw that movie, I said, wow, these people don't even know that the reason one of the girls had, uh, shall we say, a very promiscuous background. And she wanted to get out of it, but she didn't have the ability to get out of it. But when the equalizer came, he made it so literally he... Um, Okay, I got one. Keep going. All right, all right. He lit. I mean, he he didn't just take down one guy. He took down a whole network of guys behind this one woman. Now, if in a movie, one man can do that for a woman with a jaded past, you and I all have some jaded, messed up, jacked up stuff. The scripture says, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, my mind, my thoughts, my will, and my emotions, and forget not all his benefits. Bishop, what does benefit means? It means, watch this, it, don't forget his recompense. Don't forget his reward. Don't forget, watch this, his dessert. That's what it means in Hebrew. When you stop saying thank you, that means you have an amnesia problem. You've forgotten. And sometimes you forget because God fixes it in the back room for you. And he doesn't allow you to be embarrassed. And so because he fixes it back here, you forget to say thank you. Because there's some stuff. No, no, I just need to talk to the real people for just about 14 seconds right here. It's some stuff that truth be told, you still shame about it. But his benefits package... If one man could do that for these people in a movie, how much more will the real God and the real King of kings and Lord of lords do for you and I? So the psalmist said, don't forget. You know why he told us don't forget? Because he knew we would. He knew that 
you would forget. He knew we would forget. You ever help somebody and they forgot and they thought that where they at, they've always been there? You ever done that for somebody? Like you helped them and then now they, you know, now they, you know, this and that. They're like, oh. Well, then I'm going to need that money back then. That's what I'm going to need. Oh, that was a loan. You ever spend hours on the phone with people to get them back to earth? And then once they get back to earth, they forgot that you were the one that brought them up out the stratosphere and all out here. The scripture says, forget not his benefits. Forget not his benefits. Forget not his benefits. Now, here's what I love about it. This last part, and, and then we're done. Y'all all right? Any thankful people in here? That word benefits in Hebrew is the word gemul, G-E-M-U-L. And it has these two meanings that are very interesting. As hast served, just using old King James English, it means as the Lord has served. Now, that's interesting because it is a very dangerous postulation to take to suggest that the creator is serving what he created. But the psalmist says the Lord has served you some stuff. Better than what you even could have served yourself. That's why an old church used to say, he's been better than me. Than I've been to myself. So the scripture says, as the Lord has served. Now watch this. The scripture says, the Lord prepares a table for us. But watch where he does it. Put that verse up. Where does he do it? Leave that verse there for just a minute. I'm, I'm, now, this is the last shout. This, 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 this is it. This is fourth quarter. Last down. Here we go. You prepare a table before me where you serve me. But the table is only set in the presence of anybody or anything that has risen against me. So let me help you stop tripping over whatever's happened over the last few weeks of your life. If it's a table set and you got some opposition coming your way, and it may not be through people, it may be through systems or circumstances or ideologies or thought processes or pathologies, God says, I'm preparing a table for you right in their presence, which means they need to see me do this. Because there's some folk that eulogized you years ago and wrote you off years ago and said, you ain't going nowhere, you ain't going to be nobody, you ain't going to do nothing. But God says, baby, I'm setting the table right in front of their presence, and I'm getting ready to serve you. What's the last meaning of the word benefits from Psalm 103? Dessert. Y'all missed it. Forget not his dessert. Now, why would he say don't forget dessert? Because sometimes, please understand, I'm in this healthy eating thing now. So I try to reduce my intake of all sugars, refined sugars, brown sugars, any sugars. Matter of fact, if it's sweet, I figure it may not be good for me. I'm just joking. Uh, uh, God says, this is for somebody, you need to hear this. God says, I'm getting ready to serve you dessert. It's my benefit. 
and I'm putting it on this table. And dessert is the sweet part. Come here, Feast of Trumpets. Did you get it? Let me come over here because that's all right, Diva. I ain't scared of you looking at me stupid like that. I ain't scared of you. Let me come over here. <laughs> Dessert normally, regardless of what culture you're from, if you're from a southern culture such as I, dessert was always sweet. Sometimes too sweet. You had you some peach cobbler. Pecan pie. How pecans get sweet? Come here, banana pudding. Won't he do it? That little cake that you never knew what it was, but you just liked it. And everybody had a different name. For one, it was a coffee cake, another crumble cake. They're like, I don't know, but I want that cake. Eat the cake out of me. Regardless of your culture, dessert was probably sweet. Now, we just entered last Wednesday. A new spiritual year. And if you weren't here, you got to get the CD. So what's the prophetic nature of, of the text? God says, I'm getting ready to serve you dessert. And dessert's going to be sweet. Well, for the first time in your life, you honored the Feast of Trumpets. And you declared that this is going to be a Forget not all his benefits. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.